Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Morley's American Grill, East Orvis Street in Messina, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. Their tavern offers gourmet sandwiches, burgers, and creative salads. Visit their Facebook page for daily specials and fun times, like Margarita Mondays or Pub Quiz Night on Wednesday. Morley's also offers fine dining with classy steaks, seafood, and pasta menu. Stop in and see what everyone's talking about. That's Morley's American Grill, 240 East Orvis Street in Messina. Open seven days a week. Like them on Facebook. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club, episode 41. Tonight, we have the usual suspects sitting with us tonight. We have Patrick Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. Patrick is our producer. We also have our local IT nerd on staff, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how's your mom and them? Yeah. And the all-around sports guru, Derek D-Train. He too. What's up, D-Train? What's up, Sweenos? You know. And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club, Mark the Doctor Morley. Meow. Oh, Doctor. Hey, welcome back, guys. We had a nice Christmas break, a little New Year's Eve and New Year's Day the other day. So uh, how was the holidays, fellas? Great time. Another holiday down here in the south. Um, how, how was that for you? Holiday. No snow down there, right? Yeah, we didn't have much snow, but it was a good time. Typical holidays for the kids. I got my socks and underwear and uh got drunk <laughs> how about you boys good christmas excellent man excellent Get, i had some time off from work too got to enjoy a lot of time with my family so anytime i get to do that i'm a happy man yeah for uh for the listeners that don't know d train and uh the doctor here are are re- kind of related we have uh wives that are sisters so we spent the holidays together, and we also spent uh, New Year's Eve together the other night up in uh, a hotel in Plattsburgh, New York. So great family times for us and great traditions, and you know, hope all the listeners had a great holiday. And we're going to get ramped back up for the Blue Line Hockey Club in 2019. It's exciting for the Blue Line Hockey Club to start our second year, and uh, the interviews just keep getting better, so keep tuning in. I actually uh, – well, how was your Christmas round? It was pretty good. I got a little bit too intoxicated. Oh yeah, I heard <laughs> but tell um, us a story on that. Well, tell, yeah, what happened? What happened? Right? Um, I mean, everybody was at my house. I family. I tried to hold off on on drinking liquor, and I thought you know I could have a a glass to get started with, and a glass turned into two glasses, turned into three glasses. What well, was epic, the epic fail? So, oh, yeah. your cup of tea you had. It was an epic fail. LTD. Mm. Oh, damn. I thought you had to be over 70 to drink that shit. I think you do. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you feel like you're over 70 the next day. I felt like it when I was done. Yes, yeah, so. That's like so, LTD, CC, I mean, all that stuff. The old man, black velvet. I mean, that's old stuff like, right there. I like black velvet, chilled, mother's milk. But over the, <laughs> uh, over the break, I actually went down to South Carolina to a East Coast hockey game. It was the uh, Greenville Swamp Rabbits versus the Florida Everblades. You know, my first time, my wife and kids actually went to a uh, East Coast hockey game. I kind of filled in my wife before the game started that you know this is Goonville, two, le- Goonville, two leagues below the NHL. They pretty much just fight all the time. And it wasn't six seconds into the first period in a line brawl. And I don't even think it was six seconds. That, I mean, by the time the scorekeeper hit start, he was trying to hit it quick to hit stop again because it was immediately off the faceoff. And then um, five more fights ensued after that. And then each period got worse and worse. But That's it? I, I mean, that league is just crazy like there is hardly any hockey being played everyone's <laughs> out to hurt each other 
there's so much clutch and grab. The refs don't even bother to blow the whistle, only for like offsides, goals, and fights. Besides that, I mean, it would be a 10-hour game. So it was just unreal. Like, you know, these guys are getting their room, room and board paid for and maybe like a check for, you know, 200 bucks a week. And it is rough. I mean, they get if they go up to the AHL, I mean, so the AHL and the East Coast, they pull and pull and push and pull and push players. So if you go up to the A, you know, you might get a nice check for $20,000 if you're up there for two or three games. So, or, you know, even more if you get a, a bid up there. So I don't know. I just wanted to let you know that East Coast hockey, wow. And could you imagine, like, 10 years ago? Yeah, it's probably 10 times worse. I guess I if you're know. 20 and single, I guess, it, you know, what the hell, you're still playing hockey and you're getting some kind of money, so what the hell, hard. I guess. But, the, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the thing I want to know is who's in the, in the front office to name the team the Swamp Rabbits? Like, what the fuck is a Swamp Rabbit? Is that something they do down south, Pat? Is that, like, a term? Never heard of it. I, no, I never heard of it either. I, I'm assuming there's Swamp Rabbits. So, guys, we can't come up with anything. What about, like, Swamp Rabbits? You think that'll go? Think people like that? <laughs> Auntie Occitan, who used to play for uh, BU, played down there for a little while. He played with Jordan, but he got traded somewhere else. But No, there's uh, – uh, Chris Lee was in the ECHL for a little bit, right? I mean, some people get to start there right out of college where – they don't get the notoriety maybe at the school they went to. Uh, they go to the, the E for a little bit to get to the A. Um, you know, so there's probably a little bit of that going on, tries, trying to just get noticed and, you know, meet the right people type thing. So you never know, I guess. I don't remember the quality of the Everblades hockey being that bad, though. <laughs> we no, actually. And, and that, that stadium was full. Those were hockey games. Those, you know, there were fights, but it was a hockey yeah. The Everblades are actually first in the league, and the uh, Swamp Rabbits were last. And from the guy sitting next to me, told me that they, the Swamp Rabbits and the Everblades had like a dirty hit or something, and that kind of spilled over into this game. So, like I said, it was maybe five seconds into the first. And I, I got some YouTube videos on the Blue Line Hockey Club YouTube channel of this fight. You got to go on and see it because the guy actually gets in a fight, rolls around on the ice with the ref, gets up, goes, you know, over, after, the goes over to the Everblades bench and starts fucking throwing punches. Classic. <laughs> it was fun. Good time. No, I mean, and that's part of it too, right? So, I mean, how, how crazy was the, the arena when all those fights were going on? I'm sure there was all oh, kinds crazy. of cheering. Some, some lady lost her voice by the end of the second. <laughs> That's what it's about. They're trying to sell WWE. You know, trying to sell tickets, you know. Speaking of WWE, uh, George mean Gene. died today. Mean Gene died today. Yeah, Mean Gene Okerlund passed away. 76 years old. Do you guys remember him or what? I do. Oh, yeah. You know the guy. Yeah. I do, too. Old school. Well, fellas, we got a lot going on with the World Juniors right now. We can get into that. Um, I think the biggest news to come out of that so far is uh, Team Canada taking a loss today in the quarterfinals and getting beat by Finland in overtime, two to one. So yeah, and that's that's huge. Uh, host city of, uh, out in BC, Victoria. Um, you know that's that's a tough loss for Canada. Yeah, I guess Canada had a um, penalty shot in overtime and they missed the penalty shot, and then Finland came down and scored a game winner shortly after the penalty shot. So really, um, oh yeah, and so the. Uh, We'd like to say to Canada, see ya. See ya. Peace. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's that's going to drop a lot of ratings. I think we're actually we're going to get into that. I think Mark was going to touch on ratings with the World Juniors, but that's going to drop it quite a bit. That's like us with the Yankees in postseason play. Like, Yankees are out. Fuck, I'm out. Yep. Yeah. Another upset too. I mean, the Swiss beat in Sweden today too. I think that's that's another upset. So I mean, might be the upset tonight. Yeah. I mean, if uh, if USA can pull off the win here, I'm not sure what the Good score chance. is now. There's so two nothing. That, that kind of makes their road a little bit easier. You know, you got obviously the powerhouse Russia left, but but um, I don't know. I mean, in a way, kind of sets things up nice for the U.S. For yeah, sure. they're up two uh, two zero at the end of the second period. So against the Czechs. 
looking good so far. Hugely. Hugely. But just to get into that, we were talking a little bit about an article that was in the Hockey News that the World Hockey Federation is is trying to figure out where to put these events because they want more people to attend. So for the most part, it's bordering on the United States and the Canadian border to try to get the United States and Canadian fans because it's probably the biggest base of world junior fans. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of controversy where it's going to be next. Right now, Canada gets every other year, and then they, you know, U.S. doesn't get another one until 2025. So, you know, what's next for the World Juniors? It's gaining a lot of popularity. Um, but, you know, in 2020, it's going to the Czech Republic. You know, how much are they going to draw there? Um, in Canada, though, it's so big, it's almost like they're Junior Olympics for, for the people of Canada, and they're really involved in it. Um, it's kind of like a national um, pride that they take in their junior hockey team because it, in Canada hockey is everything. So this is what they consider as you know they take pride in, in the world juniors and these are their up and coming players. And uh, the United States is just starting to get that popularity um, with the USA Hockey doing a good job promoting the um, development program and and actually putting out a lot of decent players out of that program now too. So you're seeing Hughes now play for them. You got Austin Matthews came out of there. Um, a lot of really good players are starting to come out of the national development program, which is starting to gain more popularity with the USA hockey fans. Quinn and Jack Hughes are on the same ice tonight for USA. So nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I got a younger brother that's going to be up there pretty soon too. He's supposed to be a, another top draft pick when he gets up to the national oh, he, development program. He's going to be, you know, number one pick they said, and just go right from, because, you know, the older one's at Michigan and the younger one's at the program right now, and he's going right to the show. He'll be in the NHL next year. They, they're they saying he's going to go number one overall and just just out of this world, a whole nother level like Connor McDavid. Their parents must be so disappointed. Yeah. And there's, there's, another, there's another brother, too, that's younger than them that's supposed to be a stud. Yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, that whole the whole thing you said, Mark, with the World Juniors trying to uh, decide where to have host cities, um, you know, here in the United States or Canada, and you know, it's you know, does the World Juniors have to like rethink its their whole you know hosting strategy? Because like Mark said, they're they're trying to do close to the border, you know, Buffalo, Toronto, Toronto, Montreal. Um, I think they're doing, you know, this year it's in uh, um, Vancouver and then it's in Victoria, which is, you know, not too far from Seattle. I think you can probably see the stadium from Seattle. So, you know, they they kind of don't want to go away from the border. They're kind of straddling the line from the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, Derek and I said something maybe about Minnesota and Winnipeg. They're fairly close. Um, they fly anyways. It would have to be the fans driving. Um, that would be kind of good. But they also got into, you know, maybe possibly moving it south, Vegas, they had in the article, you know, Florida Panthers with the Tampa Bay Lightning. But um, but like Mark said, Canada pretty much hosts the World Juniors every other year. And um, they have it, you know, they have it scheduled out into until 2032. And Canada's pretty much every other, if not, you know, every third. And uh, so the whole thing is, should they move the World Juniors or uh, go south with it? Or what do you guys think? Yeah, I don't know. Like we said before, I don't think, I mean, if you put it down someplace like, you know, South Florida or something like that, I just don't, nobody, you know, people are too busy laying on the beach, you know, drinking beers and you, you I think you else. just have to work yeah. harder to get people there, right? Yeah, yeah. A rink shows up and people are on ice and all of a sudden there's a crowd watching. Yeah, I think you got to keep it. I think you got to keep. I mean, maybe Vegas because just because Vegas is like such a transplant place and like with the you know the Vegas Knights being outstanding and so, seeing so much early success. I mean, maybe you you catch like a you know catch catch a fire while it's hot down there. You know what I mean? Like if they did that soon, but like you said, it's all scheduled out 2032. But um, I don't know. I think you got to stay somewhere like where just everybody's, you know, freaking freezing all year long anyways. And they're used to watching hockey and that's the lifeblood, you know, of that area. So that's why I mentioned to you, Pat, Minnesota, maybe or something like that. But um, I think you got to keep it places where people 
basically live and breathe this stuff. The reason yeah, they had so. this article was because the each year it keeps going down in attendance. Um, so that's why this whole topic has arised. Sure. And they have um, the top 10 attendance over the you know, history of this. And number two is Ottawa. In 2009, they had 450,000 people show up. And, you know, just my brother was up there. They have the biggest tournament in the world in Ottawa. His, his, um, his kid's playing squirts. And they had 28 teams there. And they've got, like, I don't know, five or six divisions from uh, House C up to AAA. And he said they would play at four or five different rinks throughout the weekend. And each place would have three or four sheets of ice and, you know, limited bleachers in between each rink. But all over Ottawa, are, there's like tons and tons of rinks, you know, and it's like they live and breathe hockey. I mean, they have enough hockey players up there to have rinks everywhere. And they don't just have one rink. They have three or four sheets at every place. And um, they have teams from all over that come play up there, New Jersey, um, New York, uh, Minnesota, I guess, was up there. So, I mean, they're creating a hockey town in itself, you know, so they have more hockey fans than probably any U.S. city that's south of, you know, the border. Same amount of ice sheets as pizza joints in Canton, right? Kind of similar. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's pretty amazing that they can, uh, you know, they can actually produce enough hockey to, you know, keep that many rinks going you know what i mean and it's amazing like over here we have in the states you might have like a, a b and c team if you're lucky um over there it's it's b house or c c house b b house a a or a house a double a triple a yeah. i mean they've got four different divisions for every program i mean they're producing a lot of a lot of kids and i guess what it is is most of the the male athletes there are playing hockey because that's what they know and that's what their pastime is up there and, you know, that's why the World Juniors is so big, because all these little kids are playing hockey, right? And it's just a, a huge market for them, you know, being a, a country that's basically got winter as many months as we do here in upstate New York. So, I mean, they, they've they always had good hockey, and it's because they they got so many players to choose from. I mean, look what it gets them, knocked out by the Finns in the quarterfinals. Hey! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember going up there to play in, in uh, Ottawa and other cities that we went to play in minor hockey, and I just teams were always really good, and they had a lot of good players up there. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, so, back to you know, back to your point though, Pat. Probably it's got a. What would you say? Basically, Buffalo and Toronto is kind of saturated this kind of market for the for the World Juniors, and I don't know, like like we said though, maybe maybe a place like Minnesota or Winnipeg, but. Outside of that, I really have no idea where they, well, where they could go. The thing is, you can't have it like the the World Olympics and do it every four years, which yeah. builds that excitement and builds yeah. and builds and builds because these are the best, you know, 18-year-olds. These are the best 20-year-olds. So you got to yeah. do it every single year. For, for the most part, they, they aren't well-known names yet, you know, so yeah. it's you know it's, it's hard to draw in, in an area where the spore isn't um, so well-known, you know. so Yeah, because they don't know anyone. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the, the uh, number one attendance out there for this event was when they had it in Calgary and Edmonton, and they split it between those two Alberta um, cities. So, you know, out of the top 10, there was Helsinki was the only one that I saw on there that was. Wasn't out of North America. was across yeah. the pond, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that was the only one that made it with, I think, 200,000. And there was a, uh, two or three. Uh, Buffalo had a couple in there, but that was – that was it for the United States. So, I mean, I can see Canada saying, "Hey, we should have it here every other year." We're we're the ones putting people in the seats. So, yeah, but makes sense. Yeah, it's third period right now. <laughs> USA is still up. Uh, Fifteen minutes left in the third, looking good for them. And uh, yeah. hopefully, get the win tonight and move on to the next round. How about uh, speaking of attendance? How about the Winter Classic? I think we I think they packed in seventy six thousand people at that at Notre Dame. I think it was the second highest attendance besides Michigan, I think. I think Michigan yeah, they, had like a hundred and some thousand people there, but um that was that was quite a game. Uh pretty neat one. And it with what Marshawn Brad Marshawn was doing some snow angels. At least he wasn't licking anybody. So that's yeah. uh, that's pretty good. Yeah but what an experience what experience at uh at Notre Dame. I mean that was something that was uh special for the people of Notre Dame. They're actually Notre Dame's playing Michigan there this weekend. And uh, I mean, what they do to put on that 
game is unbelievable how they turn that stadium into a hockey arena for the day. It's uh, amazing how much work goes into it, how cool they make it look for the spectators and, and they pack the place. Perfect weather. They didn't have any sun, no rain. I guess that's the optimal uh, outdoor weather yeah. for them. So that it was a good good thing all around for, for NHL. And it was action-packed the whole game. I mean, 3-3 all the way down to the third, finally scored with, like, Boston scored with nine minutes left. And then Chicago comes right back down, pulls their goalie, and hits the goalpost. You know, Taze hits the goalpost. So it was uh, pretty action-packed. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. Perfect temperature. I think it was, like, 37 degrees. That's cold for me. But, um... <laughs> the, oh, yeah. did you get it? Did you guys see the uh, fucking leprechaun fall? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the announcer's like, maybe next year they'll get somebody that can skate backwards. Lost his hat and everything. Pierre Maguire said that uh, he fell down like a friggin' powered window. <laughs> <laughs> he went down like a powered window. Yeah, another it's, pretty, day, it's pretty cool, though. They did like the, um, I know they did like a lot of. Uh, traditional stuff like that Notre Dame football players do before the game. Like they did the walk like at 10 o'clock in the morning or something. Both teams did the walk. And I guess I'm not sure which team it was or if it was both teams, you know, showed up like dressed like in basically like 1920s attire kind of thing. Like the, the kind of the suits and stuff that they would have worn back in those days. Yeah. So, Bond like, yeah. So I, I mean, that was, that's pretty cool. And uh, Bag Notre Dame, for playing. yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sweet. Notre Dame's a, obviously a special place too. So that, that's, that was kind of a neat uh, atmosphere to have that event. Did they have yeah, a flyover or anything? They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of, I think it was Thunderbirds or something like that flyover. A couple of players I read, you know, quote saying that the national anthem and, um, and the flyover was pretty amazing. So I didn't like the, uh, the unis that the Hawks wore. Did you guys think those are brutal or what? The black and white? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of them, honestly. I think I think it was pretty bland, black and white. I mean, it just, it just looked really weird to me. It was like so much black with a little bit of white, and um, I just thought those looked brutal. I think they've had – how many times has the Blackhawks been in a winter classic? Like four times? Three or four, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they might be running out of options. <laughs> I'm just a huge fan. I think Chicago's got like the best – like one of the best – basically like jersey setups in the in the league you know i mean it's like when they go away from just that traditional look i don't know yeah it's probably a throwback though i think everything was supposed to be like a throwback wasn't it though like to the yeah i don't know like the 20s or something like that i thought they were trying to go for i don't know yeah the the coaches had the uh the hockey coats with the leather sleeves and the wool uh chest you know and they had the the hats on from the 50s and stuff like that so it was cool definitely a cool event and i think that the Winter Classic is, is such a huge promotion now for the league that, you know, that creates so much money through NBC and, uh, you know, the fan base has 76,000 people buying tickets for one game. And, you know, that's not cheap tickets either. No. no. So, I mean, that's a marketing thing. That's something that the NHL has done very well over the years to creating these outdoor games. I mean, obviously, a lot of people that played hockey grew up playing outdoors on the ponds and stuff. So it brings everybody back to their childhood and, you know, gets them excited to watch a game outside and, you know, it's it's pretty good marketing strategy. No doubt. I mean, every every New Year's Day now, that's what I mean. I, I associate New Year's Day with uh, the outdoor classic, so they, they're doing something right. Yep, very cool stuff. So, do you guys want to get into a little bit of the uh, NHL standings, or do you want to touch on the the uh, All Star rosters? Or what do you want to do first here? Touch on the NHL standings. Well, Patrick, uh, watching a little bit of the Wild lately, we need to figure out how they're going to start winning some games here. So it kind of fell into a slump as far as essential ghost i see um dubnik actually got uh picked for the all-star game which is pretty good kind of surprising surprising because he's lost a lot of games lately and he's been in the in the net for him yeah i didn't i didn't know how they really got to choose that one i don't i don't know if it was based on last year or what it was based on but uh pretty surprised on that but uh the essentials you know pretty Pretty much the same old, same old with uh, Winnipeg on top, Nashville up there, Colorado. I mean, with McKinnon and Ratnan, I mean, I'm surprised they're not on the, you know, up higher than they are. But um, I mean, the top four is separate, separated, you know, between two and four points, so it's not too much. Um, and then the bottom, you know, continues to be St. Louis, Chicago, and 
Minnesota. Dallas is kind of in the center, floating up and down. But uh, I don't see Winnipeg and Nashville going too far astray from the uh, top two in the central. Maybe Colorado and Nash. Maybe Colorado will jump up second place. Um, but I think you're you're going to see the top three, um, what they are: Winnipeg, Nashville, and Colorado, and um, the bottom four staying down there. I don't even know if that'll float around. But you're starting to see across the league, like the cream starting to rise to the top now. You know, you're halfway through the season, getting close to the All Star break. Um, teams that you kind of expected to be there. You know, there was some surprise teams like in. You know, in the Metro, you had, you know, the Islanders were up there early. They're starting to fall back a little bit now, but they're still in the in the thick of it. But, you know, you look at, yeah, you look at Carolina's now, you know, seventh place in that, in that, uh, in the Metro. So, but you look at, you know, you got uh, Washington on top, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Islanders still hanging in there. The Rangers are, are doing pretty decent still, too. I mean, they're, they're kind of hanging in there a few points out of the wild card. Chris Kreider's having a hell of a hell of a season. I think he's on pace for like 40 goals or something like that at this point. But You're 11 and five at home. That's pretty big. Yeah, it is. You know, Lundquist is having a stellar year too, but they Rangers pretty much know they're going to get outshot every night. So Lundquist is playing well. And uh, yeah, their goal differential is minus 17. So Lundquist is seeing a couple pucks. Yeah, just a couple, but yeah. I was, I was listening to a little uh, interview they had with Lundquist and, and Zuccarello the other day. And uh, it was funny that, they asked Zook if it was true if he didn't talk to Lundquist before the games, and he's like, "Yeah." And Lundquist was like joking about it, like, "I don't know why he doesn't." But he said, "Well, you know, if he has a bad game, I don't want it to because I, you know, because I was talking to him before the game, so I just mm-hmm. leave him alone. I don't talk to him." It was a, it was kind of a funny little interview they had, but um, it, Lundquist takes everything very seriously before pregame, so I guess the players kind of just stay away from him and don't <laughs> want to distract him. But you know, a couple teams that were surprising for me was. Uh, Anaheim to still be in the mix. I mean, they struggled at the beginning of the season, but they're right up there at the top of the wild card. And um, in Vegas, um, you know, to see Vegas still producing, I, you know, we didn't really talk too much about them at the beginning of the year, but they, they're right up there. Second in the Pacific. Yep. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to do that well this year, but they're hanging in there. What's the big news out of the Metro there, Pat? It's be Ovi probably, huh? Skipping the, he's going to skip the All Star game. I'm okay with that. What do you guys think? Do you think yeah, he's 33. Yeah, he has to miss a game, right? So yeah, he gets suspended one game. Yeah, he gets suspended one game if you don't participate. Which is, I mean, you know, he played 82. He played every single regular season game last year, plus 20, 22 or 24 games in the playoffs. So I think it was like 107. Wow. Playoffs. Playoffs. 107 games. Playoffs? So, you kidding me? I mean, playoffs? I'm content with him. I mean, if 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 he got booted out and didn't make playoffs and he decided not to play, I think he would be getting, you know, eaten up. People would just be ripping on him. But since yeah. he won the cup. Well, the way I look at it is, you know, the guy's probably been to the All-Star game every year. And now he says, hey, man, I've done this. I've, you know, I've been through the whole deal. It's a big media thing. You know, it's probably, you know, kind of a pain in the ass for some of these players that go every year. But on the other side of it, he's bringing up a spot that might have been somebody that never makes it. Might be their first All-Star game or their only All-Star game. You know, so that player that's like, you know, dreaming of playing in the All-Star game is getting a shot now because he's saying, you know, what, what the fuck, I'm going to skip this. Yeah, no doubt. Get Young Buck in there. Oh, so it's cool, you know. I never made an all. He's taking care of his body. Him. You know, he's taking care of his body. Basically, he's going in for the stretch run here. So you can't you can't fault him. Most of the guys playing in the All Star game are probably what ten years younger than him or something like that. So I mean, what the hell? yeah. He See, knows Keller, Clayton Keller's gone. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, it is huge. You go on NHL.com right now. He's got like the top three articles are all on Clayton Keller. Holy, they're really lighting him up. Yeah, so that's pretty big. Yeah, I gotta like to see the Blue Line Hockey Club uh, players on there. Good stuff. Yeah. Lafleur made it for uh, Vegas. John, uh, yeah, goalies. Yeah, Jimmy Howard. Jimmy Howard, yep. Another Blue Line guy. Yeah, he ended up losing tonight with an open under five to three, but he's been pretty stellar this year. Um, hasn't had the best team in front of him, you know, so it says something to the effect of how well he's playing. If he if you got a team that's up par and they're still winning games and Good save percentage, you know. Good for him. You know, he's on his last year of his contract, so 
you know, to be an all-star, that's going to be huge for him coming at the end of the year, uh, negotiating for another contract. Might be a one-year deal with uh, Detroit, or he might be getting traded somewhere. So, yeah, it's funny to see these guys on their last year of their contract, how well they play. I should have talked about Lundqvist playing so well. He got lit up for seven goals tonight. Did he? <laughs> Against the Pangs, Penguins. Ooh. Yeah, those nights. I mean, that's that's the NHL now, you know. Nine you goals think, scored in one game. Do you guys think McAvoy would have got chosen to go if he didn't get injured, the All-Star? I, yeah, I, mean, I, I think, think he would have. Yeah, I mean, he's he's played well when he's healthy. So, I mean, I did think so. Dress, did he dress in the outdoor game? No. He didn't, right? No, they don't have any a set date yet for him to come back. You know, from he got that cheap hit. Well, he got the concussion and then he came back and he got that cheap hit behind the net from uh, was that who was it Islanders? Oh, oh, geez, I watched the game too. It was a it was a brutal brutal hit. It was so he's been I thought he was playing after that. Toronto maybe I don't know. Anyways, I thought, yeah. was, I thought he played a few games after that though. I'm not sure if he did or not. To be honest with you. I know that Anderson's out against the Wild tomorrow night. I don't know if that's an injury or they're just resting him, but I saw that. That's uh, good for the Wild going into Toronto tomorrow night. That's going to be a tough game. Wild's going to be up by you boys the next few days doing the old Eastern Circuit. Canadian tour. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, be at the Ottawa Circuit game too. Saturday. That's going to be fun. Yeah. You drive it back, Pete? It's a 1 o'clock game, right? I, I think so. It's going to be a long day for Owen, so we're going to try and go up real early. Hopefully, we can skate on the canal for a little bit, and then either beaver before tails. or after the game. Yep. We'll Check out some beaver, yeah. Hit that before we head back. So, yeah. Mila well, drives, so you can get blasted, right? Yeah. Let's switch up to Canadian Club instead of LTT. There you go. I will be drinking beer for sure. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Stay away from that liquor. No way. Yeah, Wild is actually really missing uh, a Dumba. Yeah, they uh, they they have been a little flat, right? Since he's well, I mean, he's you know the highest scoring defenseman in the league when he got hurt. I mean, he was scoring a lot of power play goals. He was you know in a lot of plays, rushing Fine. rushing into the offensive end. I mean, he's a he's an offensive defenseman. So, you know, when you lose an offensive defenseman, you know that hurts your offense in general because they they could use another playmaker. And he was that guy, you know, he wasn't a forward, but yeah. you know, they definitely lost a playmaker when he, he stepped out. He's a good defenseman, but he also was in the plays and scoring goals and assists. And, you know, I see that's uh, unfortunate for them. Well, we'll see if we can get a W in Toronto, maybe a W in yeah, Ottawa. Ottawa and Montreal. And then they go out to, uh, I think they're with the Bruins here too. Uh, yeah. So they're, uh, you know, got a tough road. That's a tough games there for them. Yes, but Toronto's going to touch on Tampa Bay. I mean, they, they're just outstanding. They're 10 points in the lead right now. I told yeah. you, did I not say that they're just going to take off eventually? That they're just going to separate from the rest of the pack? Yep. And they are, so I figured they would. Once they get up, once they started firing on all all cylinders, I knew they were going to take off up there. So, Did the Flyers ever hire a new coach, or they still got the interim coach? Anybody see anything in, on that? Yeah, interim coach still. Yeah, I think that Hart kid isn't playing the goal either. No, he's not. Did he send him down, or is he still up? Uh, he just he didn't play today when I was watching the game, but I'm not sure where he's at. But he was supposed to be the next uh, stud goalie in the league. See what happens with that. Yeah, they got a lot of high hopes for him. Uh, Arizona's beating Edmonton right now, one nothing in the first. Got a couple games on tonight. Yeah, you guys want to touch on Edmonton a little bit after their coaching change? Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen much of Todd McClellan since he got fired from the Oilers. He hasn't been on, you know, any media. He hasn't been on any social media. I mean, I've talked to him, you know, texting with Blue Line Hockey Club, but that's about it. But <laughs> anything else, he hasn't really come forward. But, uh, no, Ken Hitchcock took over, and um, – they actually went on a roll a little bit in November. I think they went like five on a five game win streak and um but now they're back onto their their slump again and under old Hitchcock's um regime they're eight and ten. So um not much going on, but their um goals against average actually went down pretty significant. Before Kenny Boy, it was three point seven. 
and um, with Ken behind the bench, goals against are 1.9. And, uh, you know, they've been saying that he's a defensive-minded coach. So, you know, we have the we have the sniper power up front, but we just need to kind of protect the goalie. And, you know, obviously they're doing that with the goals against average going down, um, but they're still losing. So they need to plug up the neutral zone. Rob, you can probably elaborate on plugging up the neutral zone. Well, only when it's salmon. (laughs) (laughs) With Ken Hitchcock, one of the things they talk about with him is that he brings out some of the best and some of the players that aren't the all-stars, and he gets a little bit more out of the the third and fourth liners or the, you know, fifth and sixth defensemen. Um, Some of those AHL guys that haven't got a chance yet. Uh, He sees sees a little something in those guys that other coaches don't, and they were hoping that he could um, help mold some of those guys into some better players and, uh, you know, he did a really good job when he first came in. I think that was probably a little confidence boost for the guys with the, with the new coach. And, um, you know, it's a tough league. It's a, it's hard to win, you know, any team. If you don't have a stud team like Tampa Bay or, you know, Maple Leafs or something like that, I mean, it's hard to win. I mean, look at the – we talked about the Wild, man. They're one game out of 500 right now, but they've got a pretty good team. And you know, they won, uh, I don't know, seven games in a row or something like that a month ago, and now they're in the slide. So it's not easy. Well, how many coaches have they had? You two? Seven coaches in ten years. The the other thing too is they only have they have like I think like four big goal scorers. You know, on on Edmonton with McDavid. I can't. The other guy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I think is his name. Uh, Clefbaum on defense. He was injured. Yeah, he's injured, but Clefbaum's injured, and so is the, uh, uh, the guy that was that was with him too. They have they took two really significant injuries on defense, so. Um, they're not a team built with like a great supporting cast. So, um, when you, when they, you know, some teams can absorb injuries, you know, obviously a lot better than others. And they're just not a team that's that deep outside of their, you know, a few guys. I think, I think the, like the falling off of the goal scoring is like dramatic with Edmonton. Like you have a few guys like McDavid stuff that are like lighting up the scoreboard, you know, and then you got like, like nearest guys behind them have like, you know, we're halfway through the season. They got like, 15 points you know what i mean like throughout the year so um you know they're they've got some uh the gm's got some work to do you know to bring in some quality players and i think they you know every team's looking for like the like the dumba kind of uh defenseman now you know somebody that can a defenseman that can jump up into the play and score some goals too and edmonton's lacking that and among many other things so from things i read too i i I, I read some stuff where Edmonton's probably going to deal one of those. Um, boys. Yeah, one of the top four there to get a little price and some capital to, to make some moves for next year. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, McDavid's not going anywhere, but one of those other guys might, might yeah. see himself somewhere else. And that whole uh, Milan Lucci, you guys remember him from the Brewers? Yeah. He went over there for um, $26 million, you know, seven years. Forty-two million dollars, and he's playing like fourth line. Yeah, um, I think he has a goal this year. Um, well, that's I mean, good. That was a bust, you know. And he played pretty well in Boston. I don't know what the chemistry is and why he's not producing. Um, you know, the the media's talked to him, asked him questions about that, and he just, you know, he's saying that he's he knows his role and he's not producing. But I mean, fuck to to pay someone that amount of money to get one goal through halfway through the season. He's not even on but, the top five for either goals or assists. I mean, it's – or points even for that matter. Yeah, and they get the worst penalty kill at home in the league. Um, Nine they, uh, on this team with eight points. It's pathetic. Yeah. So. Yeah, and, and to talk a little bit about that, we have other teams that, you know, really rely on the first line. So you have uh, – the Boston Bruins, the uh, Avalanche, uh, the Sabres. I mean, most of their production is coming from that first line. And, you know, you get an injury or two and it really crushes them, you know, because they don't have the, the scoring coming from the other three lines. So, I mean, we're seeing that with a few teams, but the first line is really crushing points. Yeah. And, and we touched on, on that on that before. And Ken Hitchcock said something about the, you know, He's got to get more production from other players. I remember when Connor McDavid had five points 
in a game. He had like two goals and three assists. And I think Robbie said something that, you know, we got to, they got to get more people on the score sheet. You can't just Connor McDavid five points with five goals, you know? Well, here's yeah. the deal. He, he himself is tearing it up, but his team, you know, they're what? All the way at the bottom right now. They are, well, Edmonton's 22 out of 32. So they're, I mean, they're pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I know. something's got to give there. I don't know what they're going to do. Like Derek said, the GM's got a. GM's got something to answer to for all that. You know, I'm not sure how long their GM's been there, to be to be frank with you. But at the end of the day, it falls on him to bring in the talent, you know. And he's got to answer for, you know, like you sign a guy like Lucha, like you're talking about, Pat. I mean, a bust like that, I mean, shit, that doesn't look good. That, that doesn't look good at all. That I mean, hurts the pocketbook, you know, for somebody not producing. When you're giving that much money to a guy that scored a goal, I mean, Pat, we could send you out there with your skate sign tight tight. You might even get one in there. And the thing is, no one's going to buy that contract out, so they're stuck no. with it. Who's going to yeah. take that? Fuck that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they hope to produce next year. Yeah, I remember I was, or you guys, I remember what I was saying earlier about how the, there's like a massive drop off after those four main goal scorers. Like the fifth, like, like a player that's their fifth in scoring among forwards has 13 points in 36 games. I mean, fuck. How many does? How much does McDavid have? How many points does he have? 31 or something like that. 30, 31. Yeah, and, anyway. and they got uh, the big game coming up on the nineteenth of this. Is that one? The bat, Battle of Alberta. I don't know. Last time um, Oilers and Calgary played each other was November 18th. I don't know. It was a hockey night in Canada game. Man, that was a battle. Actually, Kachuk turtled in that game. McDavid yeah. has 58 points, 37 assists, 21 goals. Jesus. 58. And how much is he making? Do we know? Is He any? He can't be anywhere near Lucic's. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, U.S. is uh, up two one. Two minutes left in that game. They got a hold seventeen seconds to get the get the win here. So the Czechs did score a goal here, um, middle of the third. So they're into one. Two minutes left. They're into one here. Faceoffs in the United States. Then, so see a goalie pulled here soon. Connor McDavid makes two million dollars a year. Lucic makes more than him. Hey, what's his big deal next year? The hundred oh, yeah. some million dollars. Got to be coming. Yeah, he'll make next more. Year. Still, he signed a contract extension with the average value of twelve point five million over eight years, which starts next year. Just twelve yeah. million a year. It's it's kind of fucked up how they exploit some of these, uh, you know, first three year entry level contracts. It's like you know a guy like Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, uh, you know. Jack Eichel, nasty players, right? You know they're going to produce, but hey, the the union and the collective bargaining agreement says you only can make a million dollars up to your first three years. So these owners like take advantage of these superstars at their young age and freeze uh, up their salary caps. And, that's the game, man. Across sports in general, that's the game. Well, and then play. compare that to basketball, where LeBron James, before he even signed with the professional player, endorsed for ninety million dollar Nike contract. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. The hockey players aren't seeing that. There's a little bit, but not like. You think that. McDavid just ever like wants to just like take the puck off Lucha's stick and be like, "Fuck, <laughs> I'll do it." Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't know. Walk into his house and take the table or something. I was yeah. a big fan of him. I, I kind of still. Well, am a big bad. fan. He's been Boston, right? I mean, yeah, he's a big I like dude. Him. Yeah. I just don't know what the fuck's going on. There must be dealers out there in Edmonton. <laughs> Throwing loonies at him, <laughs> catching him between the slit. But uh, that's what uh, the Canadians like to do anyway. I wouldn't know, but apparently that's what they do. Well, the trade was- deadline's coming up February 25th, February 23rd, 5th at 3 p.m. Eastern. So we'll see what gets moved around there. Who knows, Derek? Maybe we'll see what happens if the Oilers move around some of their big Big stars. I think you, yeah, I think you'll probably see one of those top. Not McDavid. Take McDavid out of the picture, obviously, but one of those other guys. One of those other four uh, guys Edmonton, leading in points would probably be out of there. Edmonton's done that before. Big Gretzky yeah. went to L.A. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. You might need to. You know, you could grab a couple players instead of one. You know, when you're at the point where you need more firepower, McDavid can only do so much by himself. You know. So apparently, so McDavid bad, got paid in 2017. He's making 12.5 million over eight years. Two million more than the closest person. Ah. That's what that was. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, he, I don't feel bad for him nearly at all. No, I think this is his first year of that contract. Must be. It could be. But. Yeah, it's got to be. Because he was the same draft. He's a 2015 draft class. So Jack, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel. Yeah, and Jack Eichel's getting paid the first time this year too, and Matthews will get paid next year. Yeah, so yeah. this is his first year. Okay, yeah, it shows Matthews is only making nine twenty-five right now. <laughs> He's got a lot of endorsements, so a couple of it. He's making more in endorsements. Plus, he still lives with his mom. Yeah. That's, yeah. They got a USA got an open netter, clinched that win. Uh, it's all over 3 to 1. The US is going to be moving on. So that's good for the World Junior team. Yeah, that's huge, especially with Canada out. Yeah, wow. That's a gold medal coming yeah. if they pull it together with the Hughes boys. So it's going to be Finland and the Swiss. And it's going to be the USA and then the winner of Russia and Slovakia. And if Trump has anything to say about it, he's hoping Russia wins. That's what I'm thinking. Well, so, uh, first of all, Trump of- doesn't have anything to say with it. Russia <laughs> if yeah. Russia wants to win, he'll tell Trump. One of the Blue Line Hockey Club <laughs> players was traded to Vancouver. McKenna, goalie for... Yeah. Mike McKenna, yeah. Mike McKenna, he's uh, – I don't know what happened, but Vancouver played Ottawa today, and Vancouver won 4-3 in overtime. So I don't know if he suited up for Vancouver tonight <laughs> or what happened there. First tonight. period for Ottawa, second and third for Vancouver. Yeah, as <laughs> he trade mid-game or what, but that happened. Uh, sorry, Mike. Um, you did You're going to have to go to the other game. bench tonight. Sorry. Can you go to the other locker room? We need that jersey, though. Yeah. Poor guy. We talked to him when he was on the show about how, you know, he was kind of a suitcase and been floating all around and, you know, how he was going to settle in up in Ottawa. <laughs> now he's going out to the West Coast. So. Not too far. <laughs> just the yeah. opposite coast. Yeah, we'll leave the family in Ottawa for a little bit, just in case he get traded again this year. Yeah. Oh, man. But good for him, man. He's, he's uh, you know, it was questionable whether he was going to see any time in the show, so... He's uh, played a number of games this, this year, so he's proven himself to enough to get traded to uh, another team. You still got a contract. So you say sure. there's another chance. And he's not at the Swamp Rabbits. He's not at the Swamp Rabbits. And, uh, you know, he's he's probably our age or a couple years younger, right? He's, he's getting up there. Maybe younger than us. I don't know. No, he's our age. So that's good, man. He's getting paid. Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple players involved in that trade though. So they swap goalies, I guess, with Vancouver. Vancouver uh Ottawa sent uh, McKenna and Tom Payat in a sixth round pick to the Canucks for goalie Anders Nilsson and minor league winger Darren Archibald. They got so, Nielsen. Yep. Hmm. So that was a whole trade. <laughs> Well, good luck to good luck to Mike McKenna though wherever you're going man good luck to you shout out there but uh, we also had the the Christmas break so the team got a little bit of rest uh, you know that probably helped some of these players that you know been grinding away I noticed when Greenway came back for her his first game after break he looked like uh, somebody lit a fire in his ass he played really well left Let's, left side of his face is getting beat up on huh? <laughs> yeah what's up with that pretty rough fat. Uh, it's just nice. It'll be a scar there forever. But I mean, he took Arisonek, uh slashed yeah, him in the mouth, had stitches in his left side of his uh, lip, and then uh, game two games ago he took a deflection off the goalie and hit him right in the right on the left cheek, and uh, <laughs> he, he, it was pretty funny I think because once it hit him he took his one glove off and felt his cheek and he said he kind of put his finger in his cheek and it looked at his hand and it was all blood. And then if you watch it again, after he told me the story, you see him throw that second glove and he just, his face is like, Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he thought his whole cheek was split apart. Cause when he put his finger in a little bit, he thought it was like right through his mouth and he 
he's worried that he wouldn't be able to put a chew in on that side. Ah. <laughs> that is scary though when you get cut like that in the face. I know when he he caught the stick in the face, he just got up his butt all over, and you don't know how bad it is to get in the locker room, right? So. I see uh, Caleb Jones. He lost his two front buckies playing for Ottawa. Uh, right, kind of like pretty much half of his two front buckies are just cut right off clean. <laughs> I notice all the guys wear mouth guards now. That seems like something that's you know a new era in the NHL. Yep. You know, it was used to be able to see their you know all their teeth missing when they'd smile when they're playing, <laughs> but now like, when they smile, you see the mouth guard. Every once in a while, they'll flip it out, and you're like, oh, there's the gaps between the teeth. Yeah. Uh, they must have a good dental plan in NHL. Yeah, they get pretty good health benefits. Well, fellas, we have some exciting interviews coming up. Uh, some NHLers, some retired NHLers. We have uh, some KHLers coming on next week. So, you know, check us out and uh, make sure you're looking at bluelinehockeyclub.com for all of our podcasts and post pot uh, previous podcasts as well there's a lot of good ones on there we're up to 41 now so if you want to listen to some of the some of the previous ones bluelinehockeyclub.com is the place to go and you also can find us on um, itunes and stitcher and all the other google play applications so make sure you're getting on there and checking us out we have 24 hockey is one of our premier sponsors of blue line hockey club so get on 24hockey.com check out all their gear uh, all kinds of good hats hoodies shirts all that kind of good stuff for your kids or your, your husband or whoever's playing hockey in your household. So check out 24hockey.us. We, we got gear too. So jump on ours and support our podcast and buy some uh, some of our apparel. We got hats and shirts. So all that money helps us uh, continue with the podcast. So you can go on and buy that. be appreciated. That's for sure. And also coming up with Blue Line Hockey Club, we'll be um, doing some giveaways. We have some autographs. Uh, from a couple of NHL guys that will be able to do some autographs if you subscribe to our, our site. We also have uh, our hockey sticks coming on board that we'll be doing a couple of giveaways there. So if you want some free gear uh, or some autographs or something like that, make sure you're checking out our podcast to you know learn how to win some of that stuff. All right, boys. Been a good podcast. Another big interview next week, so check us out. And until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Tell ya! See you, Kayla. Happy New Year. Keep your head up. Yeah.